Steve, uh, it was it was it was a pleasure to get to see you on Saturday. It was wonderful. It was one of the highlights great. of the day. It was great. It was great. Uh, your, your tailgate is always is fun. I my voice is a little little hoarse today. We're all right. How's your you How's your voice? You, you, you sound like you survived, and it wasn't that bad. My voice is fine. There was no yelling at the TV. Broadcast was wonderful, so I didn't have to yell at the TV. Okay, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, meanwhile, this is the stuff Summer says podcast with. Steve with Steve, um, yeah, we've got we've got a lot to to catch up on. We Steve and I hung out this weekend at his tailgate, um, but that's not really the main reason why you're here. Uh, we're gonna talk about Penn State's win over WVU. We are gonna talk the fan experience, if you will. I think is the best way to put it. Uh, then we're gonna. I want to. I want to ask you on what your thoughts were on the broadcast. Um, I've I've seen relatively positive feedback. Heard relatively positive feedback. So. Seems that's the way things are trending. And then a uh, little Delaware talk and uh, maybe some uh, NFL talk. I don't know. I've got a fantasy football draft tomorrow. So see how that goes. And then uh, old guy, young guy, as always. Um, all right. Steve, <clears throat> let's let's begin on the game, the X's and O's of, of the game. Let's, let's start there. I think that was about what everybody expected. That's what I thought it was going to be. I think really – no major concerns outside of the kicking game. I think that would be the main thing I'd be harping on. And honestly, it's not even the kicking game. It is just the field goal kicking aspect. Um, like Gabe did a nice job handling kickoffs. Um, the quarterback appears to be the quarterback that we thought he was. Um, he looked very effortless. Like in the, it was, it was so smooth and comfortable and did not look like a sophomore quarterback starting his first career game. Um, on a big stage he really outside of one bad throw there relatively late in the game um no dumb mistakes I, I can't think of really any dumb mistakes he maybe missed one read that I saw on a touchdown kind of there in the end of the second quarter um but yeah I think I think Drew Aller is is what we we've expected him to be um I think the wide receivers were great. I wrote about that on the blog this week. Um, I think the running backs were great. The tight ends were, weren't even used. And I think that was this, the piece of what a lot of people thought were good, was going to be the offense. Um, and then over on the defensive side of the ball, nothing that alarmed me, concerned me majorly. I think everybody's a little gripey about the, the, the rushing defense, but you only allowed 3.7 yards per, per carry when you look at it. So, and they only allowed two touchdowns one of which i would call a garbage time touchdown with the the second squad really complete second squad in um that's my spark note version of penn state football's win over wvu good job you're right too um yeah the quarterback was ready for the stage nothing really freaked him out there was what the one timeout they had to take coming out of a change of possession or start of a quarter that that seemed sloppy certainly not his fault like honestly what was nice to see is there was less not panic is the word less impatience from the quarterback about what was happening and coming to them from the sidelines it was like okay you're going to give me a play we're going to execute it maybe i'll change it whatever else we're going to do this stuff so that that level of calm I, i'm going to credit the quarterback with a little bit maybe it's where people are sitting in terms of coaching positions now 
maybe that changed some things. Um, but yeah, and defensively, the run, a couple of the runs early on, right? That just the success early on seemed like, oh, okay, this could be a problem. But like I said, 3.7 yards per rush. They did what they needed to do. It's the first game of the season. They checked, I think, all the boxes. The kicking game's a concern, right? But if they were close coming out of camp, they probably have someone to try to plug and try that out with next and see what happens. And they've got a couple of weeks to get things figured out before it really has to matter. Well, and I think the way this schedule, I keep thinking about this, is like the way this schedule is is laid out this year, you can kind of, you can work the kinks out now and, and not really be punished for it later on down the road. Like if, as long as you're you're correcting them. And, you know, from my perspective, really, I think, and anyone's perspective, I think everybody was having PTSD to Sam Ficken. And I don't know, I think, I think, Alex Falcon seems like he's fine at the position. I went back and watched all of the kicks that, that Sander kicked. Yes, he missed them and obviously horseshoes and hand grenades or whatever, but they weren't major misses. It wasn't like he shanked them. He he just mm-hmm. just missed them. So it's it seems like if if Alex Falcons doesn't work out, it, it is potentially correctable for Sander, although it is frustrating because this is now what season three of him and it's we haven't really seen what we were supposed to get out of him. Um, so that that is what it is. Um, I think for me, the biggest takeaway in terms of players, at least on the defensive side of the ball, was DDS was very noticeable, um, probably the most notable noticeable defender. Um, I don't think Chop had a major game, although that's probably not a good team for him to have a big game against. Abdul, outside of that one play, was relatively quiet. Um, but when you've got other guys that can fill in and at this point we were just nitpicking, you know, I think, I think relatively speaking, I think everything is, is fine, calm, um, good chance this weekend to kind of correct everything or adjust everything. And and it seems like kind of in the conversations that have been posted from the media and stuff like that, it seems like the, the, the voice is the defense wasn't happy with their performance and they'll get it figured out. Um, But again, going back on the offensive side of the ball, the biggest question mark was wide receiver. And that is no longer a question mark to me. There are now two top tier wide, not top tier, but two good wide receivers, solid choices in um, Amari and, and I'm sorry, in Harrison Wallace and Keandre Lambert Smith, Amari Evans was hurt. And then, Liam Clifford actually was noticeable and showed up. Um, Malik Klain showed up and he was the more impressive of the two transfers at that position. I don't, I was not impressed by Dante Cephas. We'll see. Um, So yeah, uh, other than that, a relatively good, uh, good experience for, for the football team. Yeah. I think you got to come out of it feeling deep everywhere, right? Running backs are deep. They just didn't have to do much. Receivers are deeper than you thought. Tight ends, everybody thinks the strength didn't have to do anything. So they could do something somewhere along the line. Defense did what it was supposed to do, chalk up a W and move on, and, and that's what they've done. What did you make of the the end of the game? Did you did you have a gripe with it? Because I no, did. not really. No, I mean, I, and I think they have to. I mean, I, I think I think their job as a defense is to stop them. It wasn't some egregious play where they did a fake thing to try to did. did it was the quarterback dropped back and ran forward. The two or three guys had a shot at him, didn't tackle him. Dude, you got to make some plays. And and they've got to keep scoring because 
38-15 does look better than 31-15 somewhere along the line. So uh, I think it's on brand for what Penn State is doing under James Franklin. Not that I, I don't think anybody, I mean, you could have taken a knee. You could have, you could have done the kick, right? I said, hey, but that would have been even worse, right? You're setting up for something you think you're, but right. the way it played out, you didn't know you were going to score that either. So there's a logical right. explanation for saying, we're kicking this because we needed some work on it, right? right. Um, and there's no guarantee that we were going to make it. So, we, <laughs> you know, I could have seen some logic behind that. But the play wasn't egregious. The play wasn't bad. And the clock's still running. Somebody has to tackle a quarterback. I think there's two things. Well, yeah, well, there's three things. One, somebody has to tackle a quarterback, and nobody did tackle a quarterback. Number two, it's a non-conference game. And even if it is a Power 5 matchup, like, you can you can do those types of things because you're not really going to see that opponent again. I mean, maybe you'll see them, like, next year on a home-and-home home type thing. But you're just you're not there's a little bit of conference respect i guess is what i'm getting at the second thing is it would have been one thing if they hadn't just or it would have been one thing if they had just scored a touchdown kicked a field goal and not gone for two but they also went for two and did this whole chiefs thing that like you're gonna put that on tape when you're down what was it at that point 20 some points or 16 points 17 points like and then you're gonna go gripe about it? Yeah, no, I don't have, we're, I don't have the energy for that. That's it was, we're we're good. Yeah, yeah, and I think on both sides, I, I yeah, I mean if the fans aren't great, but I mean I guess maybe you know Brown complained, Coach Brown complained a little bit for West Virginia. Coach Franklin probably headed it off the pass by saying, you know, it was good to get these guys in there and, and acknowledge it and just kind of keep it as part of the plan, right? And yeah. not have to let it to perk up. And I and I think that was part of the plan. You got these kids in, you can't tell them not to score. You yeah. can't tell them not to play hard. Yeah. And, and and they weren't, it wasn't egregious. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't whatever. It was just quarterback. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't like they ran a trick play to score the touchdown. It was right, a literally right. it wasn't quarter, a, QB wasn't draw. Reverse, wasn't but, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyways, glad we got that out. Um, all right, let's move on to probably why you're listening to the podcast this week. Uh the WVU fan experience. Well, the Penn State fan experience in the WVU game, I guess, is the best way to put this segment. Um, I have a ton of notes, Steve. I have thought about this a lot. I've, I've seen and read a lot of reactions. So let's start, let's start, let's get after it. Um, I'm gonna start with the food. I think that that is where, where I'm gonna start. Stadium food feels better elevated. Lines were a little bit longer because I think there's less options for the general places. A good problem, not complaining, good problem Mm -hmm. to have. We got French fries from the wing zone place. They were excellent. They were incredible. Now they incredible fries. Yes. They they did like they weren't sitting a little well on the stomach a little later on in the evening, but that's probably just from previous food eaten and then being capped off. It was not the with, fries' fault. Yeah, it was not the they fries. They were excellent fault. start to finish and it wasn't their fault. Um highly recommend the wing zone. I, I want to go back there and I wanna still I still haven't tried Caliente pizza and I've heard everybody tells me that that's good. Um, so that was a big takeaway that the food does feel like it's getting better. I do like there was a little bit more regional options. It felt it was noticeable when you walk by a stand like I got um, I didn't get food there, but I got drinks from a a stand that was a barbecue stand that I had, hadn't recognized. It was like from one of the farm to table or New Holland farm to table or farm to stadium meal things. So that was good. That was good. Um, let's talk about the announcing. The, the play-by-play. I, at first, when when I was thinking about this, I, I was giving it a, a solid B. I think a, a solid, like, 
84 B like just like like that's and it's not the announcer's fault it is the way the game was announced that bothered me there was little to no down and distance except later in the game when I actually caught that on the way listen back or watch back I guess there was on when Penn State was on defense no narration no nothing no it was just Johnny Dixon on the tackle uh or or abdul carter that was it and it just felt not good and it was not it is not to joe like joe did a great job joe sounded really good it was the fact that it just felt like that was being done on purpose and it felt awkward and weird and it felt like an overcorrection for i think a lot of people's gripe with dean in previous years if i'm a fan at a football game somebody that cares about what's happening on the field which is probably 70% of the stadium. I, I was waiting say. to hear what that number was going to be. Okay, go ahead. I want to hear how many yards the what previous play went for, or how many yards are left to gain a first down, who caught it, who ran it, who broke it up, who made the tackle. That's, that is what I want to hear. And I was not consistently hearing that. And I think that is my biggest gripe with that new aspect of, of the game day pr- production um so to speak the other the other gripes the 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 other things i will say they're not necessarily gripes if they're going to do it that way that's fine so be it it definitely felt like it was on purpose that that the wvu players weren't getting announced bizarre don't understand it but whatever fine if you're going to do it that way your scoreboard operator has to be bang 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 and it was not it was slow it was just not good. Like it was sometimes the, the play would start and that's when the, the down and distance would update. And it, it was just kind of unacceptable if you're not going to get down at its distance from the announcer. Um, so that was my major other gripe with kind of the whole announcing game flow situation, I think would be the best way to say it. Um, so there's that. Um, I will say pre-game there's a newer game flow and it feels much smoother and less clunky um pre-game flow and it i think you would have liked the mic band steve Uh there was no like awkward weird speech before the mic band it was just like we're we're gonna show the mic man and we're gonna say are you ready for penn state football and everybody joined in on it and i think you would have liked it i think you would have liked it well i gotta say maybe i would have but i'm already on to 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 loyal listener and Longtime friend of Darian and Steve, semi-friend acquaintance, Matty Pryor's idea for let's get a guest doing that. You sign me up for a guest slash celebrity to say, are you ready for Penn State football? I'm sold. In fact, I'm already sold now. Like, so if those of you that are listening are close to power, what we want is someone, uh, what I want is someone other than the Mike Man to say, are you ready for Penn State football? Someone other than the Mike Man, I want like a guest, an astronaut, some Penn State alum, a guy from the NFL. Michael Parsons, if he's there, whatever else, people would love that shit. And there's enough of those people over seven games a year to get good for the next 10 years. And people won't be tired of who it was. How did you put it? How did you put it into me when you sent it to me? Text form? I don't you know. Remember? I think I said people would get behind this. Did I say more? Well, than no, that? you said you said it would be like the Chicago Cubs take me out to the ball game. It would be like the Chicago Cubs take me out the ball game. It'd be like the Seattle Seahawks 11th man, 12th man, man flag. It'd be all that stuff. It, it, it'd be great. Um, it'd be better than, and this is my only nitpick, and I'm getting ahead, and I'll jump back. 
it would be better than the NBC Saturday Night Football drum. That's just the silliest thing in the world. I hope, I know they're going to do it every week. It's just silly. Um, I do think the announcers were right. Like you're right. That was the plan. Someone decided we're going to produce this event this way. To not mention the opponents is just silly. Um, they do it on social media, both, and I know because my class did the content this week, both West Virginia and Penn State, when they did social media stuff, like don't acknowledge the other team scoring when they do updates on social media. It's like, oh, the magic the other team just magically scored. This stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Especially in front of the 107,000 people in front of you. Tell us who the kid was. It's okay. Like I, I still have in my head from Chicago games, it was the, the Chicago, the, the Northwestern running back. And I thought his name was the ball carrier because he carried the ball so many times, right? Like, you know, and it was just, I don't know. And they acknowledged the Penn State people years ago when they did that. I mean, nine years ago, five years ago. So I think that piece of production, I think the people who do it almost think they're smarter than everyone else and say, hey, we're going to do this thing. And people, are, there's a flow, there's a practice, there's a tradition. How about we just do that and do it clean and do it well and not try to get cute? And And, I, and, and it's the first game every year this stuff happens. They try something different or whatever. It's like they have forgotten how to do football games until they play a game or two each season. The yeah, that was my kind of that was how I felt about it. It it, it really felt first game. So that B grade, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it down to a C plus. I think uh, at, at this point, and I, I again. I think Joe did a great job, especially because he had to fill in for Rodney. If you listen to our episode a few weeks back, we interviewed both Joe and Rodney. Joe Putnam was supposed to do in-between type things, and Rodney was supposed to do the game narr narration. Um, but Rodney actually got COVID this week. He'll be back, it sounds like, for Delaware. Glad he's happy and healthy. Um, but again, it just it didn't feel right. And it's like, why reinvent the wheel when the wheel does – like? The wheel does not need to be touched. Like it, it, if you go listen to like I went and listened to like a couple other games, every other stadium in the country does it this way. Like it it's not cute or unique. It's 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 a bad part of the fan experience for people that like you and me that care about what happens on the field. We want to know. The other, the other thing that I was thinking about is like we sit in the corner of the end zone, right? So we mm -hmm. sit, we sit in the away sideline um corner. Um down at that end zone it is impossible once the ball gets past the 40 yard line to tell if it's an eight yard carry or a four yard carry mm -hmm. i need to know that as a fan so that i need to so that i can be more or less stressed out essentially like <laughs> it is well you're not alone everybody has a sight line that's not great i mean there's a decent percentage of people in the stadium who have a sight line somewhere that's not great right, right. or it's pretty far away and it would be helpful to know what the official number is and that kind of stuff so yeah and, and i think the other thing that we haven't talked about and i know i'm pretty sure it didn't happen again not in there so you can correct me like i have no if i would come to the michigan game or whatever game it is whatever big game it is i have no desire to get loud and raucous on whatever thing they decide to do on third down for a big game that they didn't do for third down on this game because i think if you're going to be consistent if you want the fan, if you want to play the Jaws music and whatever the whatever it is on third down and get people geeked, you do it every down of every game so they know what, so your fans know what to do. You know, go to Alabama, first down, Alabama, crowd yells, roll tide, right? Like you get in people into a routine and a consistent thing. And, and I just don't, the only thing that seems consistent is they're going to play that wait 
don't do me wrong song or whatever it is when there's a when there's a referees a thing referees official oh, tell me something good is that tell what you're me something of? good there stop it like i mean I, I, it's great but it's just like i mean it's that's the only thing they're consistent about and it's it's, it's a whiny consistency you're screwing me over tell me something good that's that's the one thing that's consistent about penn state's game presentation is that let's let's stick there with the music uh i wanted a little more blue band didn't hear a ton of the blue band this weekend and but that's also just because I'm a little blue band biased. I love the blue band. Um, my biggest gripe with the entire game day production is I think it was in the third quarter. Penn State, it, I think Penn State was, it was after like maybe the one of the touchdowns that really felt like the nail in the coffin. I think maybe the, the Malik McLean touchdown. And somebody decided to play jump around. And I don't know why jump around should ever be played in any big 10 stadium ever it is except for one, it is one wisconsin exactly yeah it, it it is wisconsin's thing no other school in the big 10 uses zombie nation the way penn state uses zombie nation let wisconsin have jump around it should not have been played in beaver stadium that is not a i hate wisconsin they're very nice people great campus beautiful stadium highly recommend you go there it is a that's somebody else's tradition. Let them have it. Thing like, could not agree well, more. They just no place should never ever yeah. have been on somebody's button to press. Shouldn't show up in the rotation ever. Not ours. Theirs. Sweet yeah. Caroline is different. Everybody does it now, but especially in college football, jump around is theirs. Leave it. Leave them. Have it. Well, in in Penn State owns Zombie Nation. Essentially, they brought it was brought to America through Penn State. Even Seven Nations Army also brought to America through Penn State. Yep. Like we have those. Prayer, we don't need those. A little bit. What's that? Living on a prayer, probably a little bit. Probably a little bit. Probably a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like I, I don't know. I, it felt so out of place and so bizarre. There are twenty thousand other stadium songs you could have played there, and I, I know that's nitpicky. I know that's dumb. Oh no, I think you're right. I think it's the biggest thing. I, I think. I, I saw behind down and distance not being played. I think it might be the biggest thing of the weekend from, from that presentation point. It's not yours. Leave it alone. Yeah. Like you've got the white. I mean, it's like everybody here mocking the white, mocking other people's color outs and whatever else. Oh yeah. yeah so what you did Scarlet. Oh, well. that's right. That's ours. We do it. Well, jump arounds. There's, I don't think it's the most wonderful thing ever, but it's theirs and they own it and they do it well. And I'd love to see it in person someday. So let's just let them have that. As somebody, as somebody who has seen it in person, Steve, I will tell you it is, it is, the number of Penn of if you remove Penn State traditions from the equation, it's number one. I would put number two the the Michigan banner touch. Anyways, okay, okay. So there's another reason you have that. It is worth a hundred. Like if you're just ever in Wisconsin on a Saturday and in there happens to be a football game, go to the football game for the third quarter, in between the third and fourth quarter. It is the most electric, coolest thing ever. The and whole place. Exactly shakes. why it shouldn't happen at Beaver Stadium. And that, yes, and that is, we. I'm very animated today. <laughs> very animated today. Um, I feel like we harped on the on the negative. There were there were was some good. Um, like I said, pregame flow felt good. Um, they corrected the microphone issues that were happening at the beginning of the game. It was a little hard to hear in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and it, it seemed like the sound picked up as the game went on. Okay. Um, that was good. The, there were a lot new a lot of new graphics. Some people, a couple of people that I've talked to were complaining about replays. I thought there were a decent number of replays. I will say, kind of going back to your point, the the vacuum thing, 
you want to see like it where I sit, especially it's very hard to see how how Sander missed those kicks. I get it. You don't want to shame the kid, mm-hmm. but it is a real thing that happened. Show us, just show us one replay of of it. Like it doesn't need to be the twenty replays that tend to happen. Show us that. It's a part of the game. It's it was at that point in the game the biggest moment in the game, and and we want to see it. Um, I will say one more gripey thing. I felt like there was a light. There was only, and maybe this is because we're trying to sell T-shirts that have play zombie nation on them. Um, that's that's one if you're counting at home. <laughs> um, but I felt like it was a little hit or miss, and like it it should be after touch. It should be like a goal song in, in hockey. Like after touchdowns, you play that immediately. Then you go to to victory from the blue band. Mm-hmm. Like every time. Like let, let's get consistent with it. Maybe and, and maybe on turnovers as well. I think that would be the other time to to play it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I yes, sorry, stammering there. The consistency thing, whether it's with all of that, is what bugs me. I mean, it's it's almost as if the fans aren't someone that's making these decisions and and working on their script and pressing their buttons and sticking their finger to the wind to see what they think is going to happen with the fan mood. Believes they're smarter than the hundred and seven thousand people who paid to be there. 107,000 people came for an experience. They know what that includes. And if it's hearing those songs 12 times because there's five turnovers and seven touchdowns, they're okay with that, Yeah, right? That's what they came for. You don't need to break it up. You don't need to be consistent. Go ahead and put it on repeat for those kinds of things. And I think they think they're smarter. No, we'll keep it fresh. We'll do this. doesn't need to be fresh. just needs to be good. just needs to be know what, we, what we're getting for and what we signed up for. And And I think that's the challenge. Plus there's the challenge of, Again, somebody out with this week's the dominoes change, I'm sure with Rodney not being there in terms of some of the assignments. And then the other stuff with, with you know, you got students, I'm sure, operating some boards and doing some things, but they practiced. They had at least two practice rounds that that we know they had of, let alone other, other ones. So there's not as much of an excuse for that, I don't think. They, they had a chance to practice, you know? No, uh, I mean, we know they practice. I, I can hear people's voices when, when you sleep out at Nittanyville. During the day, you will hear the them practicing and running through touchdown Penn State and then zombie nation button. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, unlike unlike NBC, which didn't have a practice, you know, Eagle and and, and Blackledge were not in a booth together before Saturday night. Because they have great resources, great production. Man, they were good for, were for they? not working together before. I thought I thought so. Like I just thought we had kind of joked. Well, not joked. We had kind of maybe I've written it and we've talked about. Oh, they might be the best team. Covering covering the conference now, I think they are. Like I, I think after one game, they're really good. Um, NBC's early studio show thing at three o'clock, one of the dumbest things in sports. It's silly to do a pregame show at three o'clock when you're leading the Notre Dame game from Penn State. It felt out of sorts. It felt like there was no reason for fan interaction. I'm sure I texted you. I think I texted you. Hey, we can get a bigger crowd because we'd be talking about the game, because we would have been. Um, it, that just felt weird. Um, that said, the segment between when Notre Dame game ended and Penn State was 40-some minutes of Penn State college football tradition, cool angles on the field, walk-and-talk segments. Not stuff that was news to Penn State fans, but stuff that was treated in a different big-time way on Saturday night. Um, and then once the game started, I think there was one hiccup where there wasn't a local commercial that didn't get picked up in terms of where I was watching on YouTube TV or whatever, you got the little peacock 
NBC banner thing for like 10 mm -hmm. seconds. It shouldn't have been there. Otherwise, they were they were on it. They were they were good. They were smooth. They complimented each other. They didn't miss much. I don't know if they missed anything. I watched I watched the first uh, almost the entire first half back last last night. Yeah, I guess it would have had to have been last night. Um and I thought the same thing. Like it 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 felt like those two had been working together for a very long time. Like that was what it felt like. I did not I fast forwarded through all the pregame stuff. Um I watched a couple of clips on social media, so I didn't catch that. Um that to me, like, but the they they felt good. It felt natural. They didn't overthink the broadcast, they didn't think overthink the graphics. It was clear, sharp, good images, strong. Just it, it felt everything felt good about the, that broadcast. Um, it felt as we have talked about, like Sunday night football. Like it felt mm -hmm. like we're gonna treat this with good respect, we're gonna treat it right, we're not gonna be over overly aggressive we're just going to do it well and you're going to know that we do it well and i think that that was what i got out of the the first half that i watched um and i think you know todd is todd like todd's very good at what he does i think noah is going to become i think we are going to as much as i don't we don't love a, a nepo baby i do think we are going to see the the rise of noah eagle because He's very good. Like, and it's it's gonna remind us probably of uh, of Joe Buck and his dad type thing. Mm -hmm. Probably eventually, as as the way this plays out. So yeah, I, I think the Big Ten is in in good hands. Notre Dame is relatively in that equation too. Um, so yeah, I think the best game Notre Dame's gonna have of our broadcast crew is is when those two do Notre Dame Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. like I, that's it's such a different it's just a different level from Collinsworth and whatever else whoever else is doing the games for them on a regular basis. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Um, so that's good. How was, um, well, well, let's back up. What was this drum you're complaining about? So before kickoff, like 10 minutes before kickoff, there's a drum that says Big Ten Saturday night and they had Micah Parsons go bang the drum. So it feels like it's one of those things they're going to do every Saturday night as part of Big Ten Saturday night is bang the Big Ten Saturday night drum as if it's some sort of college football tradition. Just felt forced. It felt it's gonna feels like it's gonna be a Big Ten Saturday night tradition to get somebody of consequence from the host school banging the drum. I don't know. Like if it's not if that's not if that's not their tradition, they, they did a good job explaining. I mean, again, for Penn State fans, they know here's here the drum major is gonna come out here and he's gonna do a flip. And the tradition says if he does this and and they had a nice sky cam view with it, that's great. I don't know what Maryland's tradition is this week. Size losing, so hopefully we'll have somebody come out you and talk about that tradition. You don't know what Maryland's tradition is? It's, the, it's the world's largest Maryland flag. That is, how could you forget that? Steve? Well, there you go. Then they can find someone grabbing the corner of the thing and doing whatever else. <laughs> the drum just felt forced. That was, I mean, that was okay. realistically the the only. Th I think the only thing the game, the pregame thing was weird, like because we tuned in at three o'clock. Say, okay, that's what is this thing they're going to do? And it was a Notre Dame pregame show from outside the Bryce Jordan Center, you know, side of of, of the Penn State game. So that just felt weird. I will say it doesn't matter for the people watching at home, but for people in state college, we walked by the, that Peacock mm -hmm. or NBC activation. It looked like a cool time. Like it was, there was a lot of like little stuff. We didn't actually like go explore it, but they had a nice little setup there. It wasn't just. just yeah. And I think that's the value of it. The value of the value of doing it on site. Isn't the content for the people at home in that situation. It's that, Oh, NBC is college football. And they're here at my place. Like yeah. it's, it's more for the people who are walking by honestly in some ways. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's good. Um, 
yeah i did so no other major gripes or anything like that you do no. you so you think they're better than Gus and joel gus gus and joel yeah i trust them more it's even after one game it feels less like they're showing and 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 I can hear them. If you listen to Fox's broadcasts and ESPN and NBC now, whoever monitor, whoever does the audio on that, the crowd is always really loud on Fox's stuff because they want you to feel like you're there. And I don't know what they want to feel. It's just harder to hear whoever it is, whether it's those two or whether it's Spencer Tillman and, and uh, Brando. Like, it's just harder to hear them over the din of the crowd. And that's a conscious decision. How about we hear the announcers? If I want to hear the crowd, I'd be at the game. Like, help me know what's going on. But I trust them. No Eagles are going to give somebody a nickname in the middle of the game because they did something good. Um, now, I mean, Gus Johnson's making chicken salad thing reference this week. Don't get me wrong. That was a nice little nice little piece of, of mic work. Um, what? Colorado wait. game. Wait, wait, wait. You like the chicken salad comment? Once I figured out that he was, they were making chicken salad out of something else that he didn't mention, then it made sense to me. It took me a second to figure it out. Um, but I'm like, that's kind of smart. That's not bad. I I'm, but, but it's I'm not smart. I didn't get me. it. I didn't get it. I yeah, it's just too. It, it's so. a little too cutesy for me. Everything's a little too cutesy. Everything's about becoming a social thing and people pointing at Gus more than it feels like serving the viewers. And and my thing at, at the very base is serve the viewers. And I feel like the NBC folks do that better than Fox does okay. after one game. Okay. All right. I, I, from what I, from the small sample size, I am. Not disagreeing with you, although the bar was not very high for me. No, that's true the, too. The, yeah. We know how, how low yeah. my bar is. Um, all right. Uh, did we anything else we missed um, in the process there that we, we good open all the way? I, mean, I think yeah, yeah. It be, beautiful day. We neither of us appear to get got sunburned. Nope. So that's good. Proud nope. of us. Well, you know why? Because we were wearing stuff. Uh, stuff summer says March. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have mine today, but I'm I'm wearing a Florida State shirt because they beat LSU, and I would love to go to LSU, but I would never want to cheer for their coach. So Florida State mm -hmm. coach today, shirt today. When Brian Kelly loses, we all win. All <laughs> there right. we go. Where were we? Um, Delaware. Delaware. Let's let's ask a question here, Steve. Anything that would concern you about Delaware? No. No. Okay. No. Great. That's it. That's that's your Penn State. Glad they're getting Delaware the money. Preview. That's it. Exactly. Yep. Hopefully nobody gets hurt. Uh, the only thing they concern me is some freak injury, right? I mean, that for Penn State. That's, yeah, that's the only thing they can concern you. Knocking, knocking out wood to a guy every, right. you know, hand gesture type thing. Right. Um, it's, it is wild that the main game story for Penn State and Delaware this week has nothing to do with what happens on the field, but rather where people will consume the game. That is the most important thing um, that people will talk about, will think about, will panically figure out at 11.59 a.m. on Saturday morning. Is, oh, Where's this crap. peacock on my cable? Where's this peacock on my cable? I think that will probably be what I write about this week. Um, but that being said, I, I, I can't, I don't know. I think, oh, did the game notes come out yet? Because... We do have a, an important aspect to look at in the game notes. There's a there's a factoid in the game notes. You know exactly which one I'm talking about. Penn State has appeared on national TV oh. X number of times and then X number in a row. I wonder what it says this week. Let me see if it... it They're out. I didn't look at it. I mean, they, they, you can't say that. Well, I guess it... Well, okay. So it's available nationally. It? it is available nationally. That is, that is what it is. 
I don't know if the game notes are I mean, out. Michigan said they had the biggest crowd in the, in the country last week, right? That was the no, big thing that that true. was. That's not true. I did have to explain Steve, to Steve some what emojis are. Well, I missed I missed the little itty-bitty line on the bottom that it was the largest crowd in the whatever. I thought people were up in arms about the 300 in a row as opposed to no. the little line at the bottom, which was right. indeed not necessary because, you know, Penn State was a okay. bigger crowd. Here's what it says. So we will now have to look at this game note next week. Penn State has had 348 of 350 games televised, including 244 consecutive games. Do you consider this game to be televised, Steve? Yeah, it's televised. Okay. So I, I just, I'm very curious about this little little note. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that if and how that changes. Um, so that's really the main story. Um, Steve, do you have Peacock? I do not, but one of Sam's friends was here and, and gave us access to it a few months ago. So if it's still available, we'll watch it. And honestly, I'm okay listening to Steve and Jack. I got to listen to them one or two games a year just for the media stuff I write. So okay. if this is one of those games, that's fine too. Um, I, I think we may, I'm not inclined to pay for it. Although there's lots of deals out there. The one I saw today was $34 for the year. Um, I've seen a dollar ninety nine a month somewhere else. Um, apparently, what if you is, have Verizon, you get it for free already. I think so. What is interesting is, uh, you do you have Xfinity Internet where you are? Yes. What, yep. Okay, because I feel like some places in State College do, but like in Altoona, Xfinity isn't a thing. It's it's no. it, it what artists formerly known as Atlantic Broadband, um, right. and okay. like. It feels like a lot of places in, especially in the western half of PA, maybe like in like between Pittsburgh and Altoona, don't have Xfinity, and that's a base part of having Xfinity. Although you have to pay like a dollar now for it a month, um, so I, I'm very, I think there's going to be some horror stories. Is, is all I'm going to say, um, and I'm particularly thinking about our dear friends Bill and Linda, age seventy four and seventy two in York, PA. Yep. Yeah, I, I I think they're. I'm waiting to see if my parents call. I don't know if lights going off for my father yet, um, so I probably should bring that up. But Prep. I mean, I think he'll be okay listening. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's the new world, you know. It is. It's going to be how people get games. Somebody asked me, and, and this isn't. It's not guaranteed. This is their only game there this year, right? You're not limited to one. I mean, I think probably as good as they're going to be. Well, let's. But you're not guaranteed. I mean, and the NBC games are all there. Right, like last last week's game was there as well, right? Because it was on NBC and Peacock. Sure. So sure, if they're sure, on sure. NBC, they're on Peacock. So I don't know if they're gar guaranteed another Peacock exclusive. I know they're not guaranteed another Peacock exclusive. I don't know that they're precluded from another Peacock exclusive before the season's over. So okay, but I don't know who that would be either. Well, I think after this, they're all big enough. It doesn't matter. The answer is pretty obvious, though. Well, UMass. Yes, yeah. like that could be. And like, that's the one game you can really get away with it because it is homecoming. And, and a lot of people do actually like, regardless of the opponent will come to homecoming because it is homecoming. Like that will probably still be a hundred and five ish. I'm very interested to see the attendance this weekend. I gut feeling feels like it's going to be a fudged number of a hundred and something. And it's probably going to be 95,000. I know we have a tailgate group of 10 to 15 people, let's call it. And myself included, we're just not going. And it is what it is. 
um, I'm, I think a lot of people just aren't that excited. Um, I'll tell you who is excited. The person that designed our stuff summer says merch who has a degree from Delaware. That's Eric Layton. Uh, that's our there third reference of, of merch on the show. Merch. Good to see. We should have gotten a counter. Okay. Um, since we know. Real quickly, let's uh, let's just like briefly touch on the NFL. Steve, are you excited for NFL season or, or are you all in on college football this year? No, I'm ready for the NFL. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for the Steelers might be half decent-ish. Yeah. I'm ready for Thursday night to see if the if the Lions are actually real. God bless them. Going to have to go to Kansas City open the season. Um, yeah. I'm ready okay. to know what I'm going to do on my Sundays now. How about you? Yeah, that's it. That is pretty much 100% exactly how I feel. Just, I think the Steelers are going to be all right this year. I think it's, it's good drama. It's good something to do and watch and tune into and gives you something going. Yep. Okay. Let's uh, let's wrap up the show with this week's old guy, young guy. You're, you get to set it up, Steve. So I'm watching TV. And maybe and we used to joke about watching like Jeopardy and stuff like that, that we were too young for Jeopardy because all the commercials were for aging products and, and pills and whatever else. So I don't know what I was watching the other day and they are now promoting the, the wonderful attributes of these shoes that have a shoehorn built in the back of them and you can just slip these sneakers on. Turns out they're like a Skechers thing, Skechers yeah. slip-ons, whatever else. I'm sorry, I'm not old enough for those shoes. And I, and I think it's, I think people, I, I want my soon to be when my someday three-year-old granddaughter to know how to tie her shoes. And I'd like to know that I could be able to tie my shoes till I'm 83 if I last that long, right? So I don't know what the age is for, for I don't know what the old guy, young guy break off is for slip-in shoes, but I know I'm not there yet. And I'm sure you're not there yet, I think. Well, okay, a couple of things. Number one, I'm not there yet. However, I, I do struggle with tying my shoes. My shoes are relatively always tied but I just kind of like slide my feet in. Sometimes I do, I do have to retie them, but they are they are tied. I don't buy Velcro shoes or anything like that anymore. <laughs> anymore. anymore. Back, in, back in like second grade, it, it took me until about fourth grade. The problem was I'm left-handed and nobody in my family is left-handed. So all of yeah, the people too. that taught me how to tie shoes taught me from the right-handed way and my brain just didn't work that way. Anyways, however, I do want to let you know, this is not an ad. But I do want to let you know there's a popular millennial brand of shoes out there that is this is like their whole appeal is is these snap-on type shoes. Uh and and I don't know. I think it's I think it's gonna become more of a trend because I think it's a technology thing. I think that's how it's gonna be spun to us. It's a technology news thing. No, I'm I'm I think I have at least one son-in-law who has the slip on. That's the new clue, and they're super comfortable and they're whatever else. I guess I don't know where if that's the case. Then where do slippers end and shoes begin? I, that's a good that's a good question. Like, are moccasins are they shoes or are they slippers? Well, see, I, this I is like slippers, but that's interesting. That's because they got they have, but you don't really need to tie them. But they have laces on them. We have just discovered the new hot dog. Uh, what's was it? Hot dog, a sandwich, or a taco, or whatever the. <laughs> Exactly. So if you're still listening to this point, stuff summers. What, what's the general email? The, the our email. You can let uh, us know whether whether slide in shoes or, or slippers or, or shoes or socks. What are we slippers or shoes? We're not talking debating. Podcast at stuffsummers.com. There we go. Is it a slipper? Right. Is it, when is a slipper a shoe? And when is a shoe a slipper? This is this is what we debate on this podcast. That's why you tune in. Cinderella is not involved either. So we don't have to worry about glass slippers. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. All right. 
Anything else you want to add about this week's show? No. Sponsored by our sponsored by our swag. Buy your swag. Support oh, the show. Okay. That's four. There you go. Um. All right. Let's. See. It's good looking stuff. It's great. Well, a lot of people. I had people it. walk by me and they were looking like, literally no rivals. What does that mean? And then you can see the light go on in their eye. They got it. I got yeah. several compliments. I wore my Zombie Nation crew neck, and people were like, "That's great. Where'd you get that?" Yeah, little, little card. business cards we have business cards now um okay let's see email oh i live wait youtube subscribe that general vicinity um that would be great um five stars thumbs up on the podcasting networks if you're listening to us we really appreciate that um i've got a game preview coming probably thursday uh wrote a game recap sunday complained about parking today Steve, are you writing this week? I'm working on some uh, Coach Franklin and Coach Sanders comparison thing theme that I'm going to work through and try to get to you tomorrow. So, yes. Okay. okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and then let's see what else. Um, we've got emails. Uh, mine is Darian at StuffSummerSays.com. Steve's is? Steve at StuffSummerSays.com. Okay. Um, we've got merch you can buy our merch at stuffsummersays.com backslash the stuff um you can also just check out our website stuffsummersays.com uh we've got a newsletter coming next week uh so if you could sign up for that that would be great um other than that uh i've got a twitter handle it's at stuff summer says steve's got one it's at steve samsel other than that uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week see ya bye